Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm very thankful that you're joining me today. We are doing this entire week on children. And we started on Monday with that beautiful verse in Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 and 14. And it says, Then the children were brought to him that he might lay hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked the people, shooed the children away. But Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom belongs to such as these. So if you weren't able to listen to Monday and Tuesday, make sure you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and they will be up on the website by next week, I believe. And really make sure that you listen to those, those first two shows, because we really talked about this idea of hindering and how we hinder people from coming to the Lord, how we hinder ourselves from coming to the Lord, and, and that God wants us to recognize that we are still his children, even if we are 75, we're still his children. And that we're timeless beings. And, and we got locked in time when Adam and Eve sinned so that we could work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so we still have this part of us that's timeless. And that's that childlike part of us that really hopes and really dreams and really can experience God in a much different way than we do as adults when we do it in a much more cognitive style. So make sure that you listen to those two shows. And we really talked about the different reflection questions that we said, that we really said, how do we, how do we allow ourselves to come to Jesus? How do we hinder ourselves? How do we hinder others? And are we trusting Christ to really be laying his hands on us and to be changing our lives and helping us? Or are we judging ourselves and thinking that we have to get our act together before we come to God? So let's really focus this idea of no matter how old we are, we're still God's children. And so that leads us into talking about how do we set boundaries with adult children? So we talked about the little kids Monday and Tuesday. Now we're going to talk about those adult children. And, you know, adult children can many times actually wreak more havoc on your marriage than young children. And when parents disagree on how much to support or offer their adult children, it can really result in feelings of hurt, anger, and lots and lots of resentment. So it's important to learn how to define your relationship with adult children and making sure that you are recognizing that these kids are adults and we're not helping them if we continue to parent them. The parenting days are over, and that's difficult sometimes for us because we see our kids struggling. And it's tough many times for us to let them struggle, and oftentimes we might feel guilty because we might reflect back on those, you know, 18 to 23 years where we had them, and maybe we didn't parent them the way we should have. Maybe we wish we would have done something we didn't do, And so sometimes we may be trying to fix things 
that we wish we would have done when they were younger. And I'm really here to tell you that it doesn't work that way. Those, the parenting days are over and they need to be over. And the sooner that we let that happen, the better chance our adult children have to actually make it. And it, it's tough. It, it's, it's hard on our hearts to do that. But it's one of the greatest gifts we could give them is to really say, you know, I need to not hinder them from depending on God. Because when little kids are tiny, when they're, you know, under the age of, you know, 12 especially, they see adults as God. But when they're 23, 33, 43, we need to not be hindering them from depending on God and not on us. So it's important to learn how you define your relationship. Once they're a grown-up, Parents often become more like friends or a mentor, and that's really the goal. But many parents struggle with their relationship with their adult kids, they, they can, and it can lead to a variety of marital problems. So when we have adults acting like children, see, we have plenty of adults that just don't act grown up. They want all the grown-up privileges, but they don't want to act like one. And so whether you've got a 40-year-old son who chooses to play video games <laughs> over mowing the lawn or a daughter who just can't keep a job, adult children these, the, uh, who behave immaturely are extremely stressful and, and they do not feel good about themselves. The people that like themselves the most are the ones that are grown-ups, that are true grown-ups. When we allow adult children to stay immature, this is where we get serious self-esteem issues because no adult feels good about themselves if they're acting like a child. So maybe you have children who want to borrow money or maybe they even live with you. And so learning how to set limits and boundaries is important because I, I'm not saying that we never help out, we never loan money, or maybe there's a, a time that they need to come live with you for a while. But moving into your house and living as a teenager when they're 30, and they're maybe working, or maybe they're not working, but if they are working, they're spending their money on whatever they want to spend it on because they're not spending it on rent. See, this doesn't help them feel good or confident about themselves, and it causes them to make poor decisions in other areas of their lives. So there's this, this huge danger of enabling, and we have a lot of enabling that's going on in our world right now. We have a lot of kids that are, are adults, adult in age, and we can't seem to launch them. And we're having this really tough time in our society with wanting to protect people from negative feelings and never wanting them to have a hurt feeling. And so what happens is, we protect our adult kids from hurt feelings, and we tolerate really bad behaviors, really bad behaviors. And so it's, that's upside down. What we want to do is we want to turn it right side up. But adults can tolerate negative feelings and are intolerant of bad behaviors, and that's what we want to pass down to our adult children. We want them to be able to handle negative feelings like disappointment, being misperceived, being misunderstood, not being popular, having somebody reject them. That's the adult world. If they can't handle those, then we get into self-medicating behaviors. They either spend too much, sleep too much, 
drink too much, smoke, do drugs, gamble, have uh, illicit relationships all over the place. And this doesn't help anyone feel good about themselves ever. So there is this danger of enabling. And there's an art to supporting someone without enabling them. Adult children who still depend on their parents often are allowed to get in this situation because their parents enable them. Their parents don't want them to have negative feelings. They keep thinking that if they keep parenting them, they'll eventually get them grown up. And sometimes they're 42 and they still live at home. So perhaps this relationship stems from parents who want to be needed. Emptiness syndrome leads uh, lots of adults to feeling lonely and empty. And so maybe this is a desire to have their children still need them because it gives them purpose. Sometimes I have adults that don't want their kids to leave home uh, because their marriage is not satisfying to them. So this is one of these things that we're not doing adult children we're doing them a grave disservice by keeping them around for our needs. And this is why it's so imperative that we look at what's going on in our home. Why do we have a 35-year-old kid living in our home? Or a 35-year-old kid with their kids living in our home? Is this because maybe the type of housing that this 35-year-old mom with two kids could get would be substandard to us, and so we don't want them to have to live in an apartment or government housing. I mean, I get that, but we're not helping that kid. So many times, uh, you know, parents sometimes engage in an enabling relationship because they feel sorry for their grandkids. They don't want the grandkids to suffer. And so they may say something like, I just don't want the kids to suffer. And so e even though this is well-intentioned, these sort, sorts of sentiments then often foster dependency if the parents are constantly bailing out the kids for the sake of the grandkids. Because now what we're doing, we're teaching a third generation dependency. So because we're trying to protect grandkids, we're now teaching the grandkids dependency. That we don't have to really be responsible, that we don't have to figure out how to take on our own life and to go out and take on the world. And not everybody can be rich. Not everybody can have a perfect house. This is what's imperative, is that we say, why are we protecting people from necessary suffering? And suffering is part of growing up. That strengthens us. That causes us to find our way. That causes us to figure it out. And the more we figure it out, the more we find our way, the better we feel about ourselves. So it's important if you've got this kind of situation going on that you develop a plan as a team. And you may want to get a therapist involved. Uh, many times that helps. So it's important that you and your spouse work together on determining how to respond to your adult child's needs. You don't want to let adult kids split. Because remember, this is what they do all through teenage years. They want to pit one parent against the other and they want to split. And it's imperative that you and your spouse are on the same page. And if you are a single parent with an adult child living at home, it's imperative that you get some support. You either get a mentor, you join a parenting group, 
you find a therapist, whatever it is that you need to do to get some support, knowing that no matter how painful this is, this is the best thing you could do for this kid. Because one of the worst things that could happen is if one spouse secretly helps out without telling the other. Like, you may think slipping a $20 bill to your, children, to your child is helping, but it's going to be very harmful to your marriage if your spouse hasn't agreed to it. And it's going to falsely empower that adult child. It gives them the wrong feeling of power. See, we want them to feel empowered because they're taking on their life, because they're doing their life. That's the empowerment that we want them to have. We don't want them to be falsely empowered by pitting one parent against the other or being able to manipulate a parent. That doesn't make any kid feel good. It causes them to feel actually a lot more insecure. So this can become especially complicated when adult stepchildren are involved. So you may think it's not up to your spouse to have any input into whether or not you loan your child money or babysit the grandchildren for free. However, it's important to work out as a team together on all these sorts of decisions. And, and I tell this to parents regularly in my office. I say to them, whether you're a blended family, whether this is the original family, children get security from how much their parents like each other, not how much you like the kids. The most secure children are the ones that know that parent is more, that spouse is the most important thing to the other spouse, not the kid. When we do that to children, we give them a sense of power that is very unhealthy for them. It's not secure. It does not give them security. So if you are a blended family, that adult kid, if they're a stepchild, needs to know that your new spouse is more important than they are. And I know it sounds kind of, it sounds upside down and backwards, but the research reveals this over and over and over again. When they feel that there's a secure union between the two of you, they feel more secure. It causes them also to want to go out and do their life sooner. So it's very important that you recognize where the loyalty lies. Because if you are more loyal to your kids than your spouse, you are doing your kids a grave disservice. So we want to be able to set limits. We want to be able to set, have consequences. So setting healthy boundaries and limits is important, even if they're 35 or 40. So if you've been overextending yourself or giving too much, you may need to step back. Also, just because you want to feel needed or you want to help out doesn't mean that you should. So you have to be very aware of what your intentions are. Am I really doing this because I'm wanting to help my kid launch or am I doing this because I want to feel important or I want to feel needed or I want to feel valued? I want to have some significance. Because when we're doing that to kids, we're using them. We're not actually helping them. We're using them to get needs met that they are not to meet. So it's imperative that when we are setting healthy boundaries and limits, that we also may want to set, do a reset. And that means that you go and you talk to your adult kids and you say, hey, listen, new day, new plan, new program. What I've been doing has not been working. 
or what your father and I have been doing or what, you know, your spouse and I have been, have been doing has not been working. So we are doing a new program, a new day, and a new way. And so you and your spouse have to have that all worked out before you present it to kids. You have to be in a complete agreement. If you don't have a spouse or a partner, then you have to be very committed to it, and you want to make sure you have someone in your life that's helping you stay accountable to it. And you say to them, I've been doing you a grave disservice. I thought I was helping you. I'm not helping you. So this is going to be tough, and you may not like me anymore, but I'm okay with that because I want you to be an adult, and I want you to make it. I want you to have a life. So if you rescue your child every time they're in trouble, you're going to be making things worse in the long run. Because how will they ever learn? How can they stand on their own two feet if you're always bailing them out? Saying no to your child can sometimes be the best thing you can do, even when it's hard to say. So let's say they um, spent all their money um, going out the night before and they don't have any gas money to get to work. Well, I guess they won't get to work or they'll have to take the bus. And this is going to be tough, especially if you haven't been doing it. But this is one of the ways we don't hinder the children from going to God. We want to switch the dependency from me being the primary caregiver because they can't make it on their own because they're too young to them doing age-appropriate things. But they're depending on God as their parent. So it can be hard to make these changes. If you've been loaning your money, your, your child money every time they call, saying no won't be easy, and the next time he asks, it's going to be even more difficult. It's likely if he's used to doing it, he may resist as well. And he may try to wear you down, or she may try to wear you down. Or she may say, well, then I don't have enough money for my, for my child to eat. Well, there's food stamps. So you can, you can drive her to, to social services and sign her up for food stamps. Because this is one of the things that we have going on in, in our world today. We have young people that aren't thinking. And we're thinking for them all the time. And so it's hard to make these changes. This is why it's important that you really work together as a team or you work together with a mentor, someone that's going to help support so that when you feel really bad and you feel like you're actually harming them, you have someone to call that can talk you through it so that you don't cave. So you want to develop a response that you can offer in an event you're caught off guard. So always be planning ahead. What you say is, if they do this, then I'll do this. If they ask me this, then I'm going to say this. If they present this problem to me, this is what I'm going to do. So... You can also agree that you're not going to give them an answer for at least 24 hours. You say, I need to think about it. So the next time you get a call, we need money, respond by saying, well, I'm going to have to talk to your father. I'm going to have to talk to whatever your partner's name is, and we'll get back to you tomorrow. And this allows you time to consider it and give you a chance to talk about it beforehand. It also is showing that you are presenting a united front. So if you don't have a partner then you say, you know what, I'm going to have to check with um, some of my friends. I'm going to have to check with my support person that's helping me walk, through, walk you and I through this so that I can get you to actually become an adult and have your own life 
and be independent of me because I'm not going to be around forever. So, so, so sadly, many marriages end up in crisis due to this conflict over adult children. And sometimes one parent reaches the boiling point and just can't take it anymore. I don't want that to happen to your marriage. I don't want a child to be able to break up your marriage. That does terrible things for that kid. So if this is the case, make sure you seek professional help. A marriage counselor can really assist you in working together on being supportive without being enabling. There's lots of really good books. All you have to do is go online. You, there, there's a plethora of resources that help to do this. And that counseling also really can help restore the marriage as you work to negotiate these healthier relationships with each other and with your adult children. So what if we have a moment when a child has to move back home? And, you know, sometimes that, that, that can happen. Uh, many times there can be um, a, a terrible accident that occurred. Maybe they got very ill. Uh, maybe a spouse left them and they just need to get some help back on, and they need to get help on their feet. So you did your job, you raised your kids, you sent them off to college, had four glorious years away from home, they graduated, and you thought, hey, we're home free. Wait, now they're moving back home. <laughs> so you finally got used to having this empty house, and now you're enjoying quiet time with your spouse, and now you're turning your craft room back into a bedroom, and you're rearranging your life for this adult kid. So these days, the above scenario is happening more often than not. And with unemployment rates rising and college graduates having trouble finding jobs, um, this, this is happening more often. And they also have very big, many times financial debt from college. So here's some ways if you've got an adult child that's living at home and this is, they, it causes a lot of shift in your lifestyle. There's a decrease in privacy. That comes with the territory. It's cleaning up after someone else many times. It's feeding and cooking for an extra person. It's wondering when are they going to move out. And perhaps you're afraid to directly address it. That can cause anxiety and tension. It increases disagreements with your spouse over expectations, rules, and boundaries. And so we're going to talk to more, tomorrow more about adult children that really should have individuated and went through college, maybe got a job, but for whatever reason are floundering and they have to move back home. And we're going to talk more tomorrow about how to really set boundaries and make this a temporary situation with some goals as to when are you going to be moving out and getting on your own again because that's what adults need to do. And we don't want them to stall out. So these, these adult children moving back home, it causes lots of emotional, financial, and sometimes even physical strain. So we're gonna talk about what you and your partner, what you and your spouse can do to ease the burden, and what you can do if you don't have a partner and you're having to bear this all on your own. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so glad you joined me today. Join me tomorrow as we talk more about adult children moving back home and making sure that we are not hindering our adult children from transferring their dependence on us onto God. So have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. God bless you. Thanks, Jeremy, for all your help. 
to hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.